All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Gridiron Zero's podcast. Uh, it's Lucas and Al, as always. Yep. <laughs> we are finishing our NFL offseason recap, finally. Uh, we are tackle, uh, tackling the NFC East and the NFC North. Uh, we'll the moment you've all been waiting for all offseason. Finally, we'll be talking about the Lions offseason. Uh, everything included draft, all that nonsense, um, free agency, and uh, what uh, what else is uh, upcoming for the Detroit Lions. So, But there's a lot of good stuff in between then, so don't skip ahead. <laughs> or do. Do whatever you want. All right, Al. Uh, Commanders up first after going eight, eight and one last year. Uh, a little surprising, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I think, think I picked them to win the division at the start of oh, last yeah. year. So, so surprising, still, but maybe not in the right way for you. Well, I don't think any of us anticipated the Giants and Eagles having the years that they had. So or the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. yeah. Ish. I'll, I'll say them to be ish. Up there. Yeah. But the, yeah, the Commanders certainly certainly wasn't expecting them to be dead last in the division. That's is a surprise. I will say. Yeah. Who did they have? G- Giants, dude. We we're we we're talking about yeah. this offseason yeah. last year. Giants were That's set up true. to be whatever. You know, not a lot going on with them. So they were a huge surprise. Um, who did the Commanders even have starting at quarterback last year? Uh, oh, it was Heineke. Well, Wentz, Heineke, Heineke, and then I think Howell started the last game or two. And are they looking to start him this year? Because I don't think Wentz is back. I don't think Wentz has been signed. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. I yeah. mean, they they are oh, rolling into this offseason with Sam Howell. Yeah, and and, and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Carson Wentz is still a free agent, uh, cut by the Commanders last year, or you know, beginning of the offseason, whatever you want to. Call it, but we talked about Heineke. Heineke's now an Atlanta Falcon, so yeah, they are just rolling the dice here with Sam Howell, and they're really hoping that he kind of pans out. And you know what? Of all the interesting quarterback conversations, a lot of these teams have had this offseason. I don't feel like there's a whole lot to talk about here. I really don't. He played a little bit at the end of last year. I've watched some highlights. He looked okay, but yeah, not bad. I mean, you know, the the, the one thing that w- does annoy me is. You'll hear, you'll hear clips of Ron Rivera saying shit like, well, you know, if he was in the draft class the year before, he might have been a first-round draft pick. Yeah, well, he went in, like, the fifth round. So, like, I, who cares if and what he and He might have been a yeah. first round? That That's his, like, quote from some interview that's when he's crazy. asked about it. But, like, who cares? He went in the fifth round. I mean, like, he's not a first-round pick. So, I don't even know why you need to bring that up at all. It's just, I think, if he was a first round talent, he would have gone first round the year that he was drafted. Right. Like, so it's it's a redundant factoid to to, to bring up. Stupid comment. Um, and then yeah, you got you know Jacoby Brissett behind him, and um, I mean, shit, I wouldn't be surprised if he even started the year. I don't know. I mean, he's he's not great. Yeah, I but wouldn't be surprised either. He's you he's know a manageable. You know what he is. You you know what he is. So operational on backup quarterback. I, I think it's. I think it's just going to go howl until he flames out, or maybe he succeeds. I don't know. But then Brissett's the backup option to just coast through the rest of the season. 
what other moves, notable moves, do they make? Uh, it looks like they're investing on uh, the line with both sides of the ball. Uh, Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates, uh, they bring them in on three-year deals for the offensive line. Uh, two other signings, uh, including Trenton Scott. Wiley from the Browns, I right? believe so. I believe that is correct. Uh, and Tyler Lawson, the center, re-signed with the team. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, they bring in Abdullah Anderson, and Deron Payne received a franchise tag originally, and there were some trade talks, and then signed a four-year, $90 million contract yeah, with 45 guaranteed. That's the big kahuna uh, for sure. Um, and I remember beginning of the offseason, you know, a lot of talks about what they were going to do there. And, I mean, to me, it's a it's a good move to extend him because he's – but, you know, besides Jonathan Allen, he's probably the best player on the D-line for them. Yeah. But they also do have Chase Young and Montez Sweat coming up on contract years. And, uh, I mean, I think they kind of made it clear which two they're going to stick with. Yep. Uh, Chase Young, I I don't know how they're going to keep all these guys, if they can. Well, they so. declined Chase Young's uh, team option. Uh, so he, player yeah. option. One of the two. Whoever had the option, it's been declined. Uh, usually when they have a, a relatively big star and you see a declined option, it usually means that they're declining the option to um, have Pro, a to bigger – No, no, to have a bigger contract on the books. Well, I mean – At least that's how it is in the NBA. Well, look at Daniel Jones last year. I know quarterback contracts are different, but they also declined his fifth-year option when, you know, his hit a deal year was kind of coming up for him. And for that situation, to me, that was more of a, okay, Giants were like – Let's see if he's worth extending. Right. Let's not even use the tag because he's either worth it or he's not. And I think Chase Young is probably more in that camp. Similar situation. I think he's been good, but he hasn't been the number two overall no. pick. I mean, he, he can't stay healthy. No. So he's supposed to be, you know, the, the follow in line with Joey and Nick Bosa. And he really hasn't. So, so how about this for, for Washington fans? Uh, you're rolling into potentially one of the final years here of this uh, elite on paper defensive line with starting quarterback Jacoby Brissett or Sam Howell on the offensive side. So he really doesn't feel set up for success too much. I don't know. No, they're trying. They are trying. They invested in the line. Um, They still have Terry. They have Antonio Gibson, that running back who, uh, was a rookie last year. And uh, Brian, Brian Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about the big – we'll move on for them pretty quick here. But the big story for them, too, this offseason, not really a uh, you know roster move, coaching move, but Dan Snyder finally shot out of a cannon, sold the team. Is that done? I believe it is done or is in the process of, of being finalized. But, yeah, they sold for like – God, I want to say like $6 billion or something. It's like it's more than the Broncos, which was already – a lot so uh i might have that number wrong if it is i'm gonna edit that out but it was a much higher price tag than the broncos who just sold uh a couple years back also but dan snyder bye-bye so that's the, that's the biggest w for them and and I, honestly just piggybacking off of that i mean this is the kind of years to make a break year for ron rivera for this whole operation sure. really yeah because yeah. i mean you're gonna have new ownership you don't have a franchise quarterback you don't really have an identity besides a pretty above average defense. I mean, offensively, Scary Terry is excellent, but 
you don't really have much going on and you're in a really tough division in the NFC. Yeah. So this is a make or break year for them. And, and they, to me, are not set up in a good way at all to, to surprise people compared to the other couple teams in this division. Well, uh, speaking of the other teams, let's go on to uh, the Giants, who finished 9-7-1 and last year. Uh, I'm looking at some of these defensive signings and a lot of familiar names. Ashawn Robinson, one-year deal. Jared Davis re-signed with the team. Uh, Amani Awarie, uh former yes. Detroit Lions corner, yep. signed with the team. Uh, a couple other contracts. Bobby Oko. Okarike, Okarike, yeah, linebacker. Uh, yep, linebacker signed four-year, forty million dollar contract. Um, they signed another uh, linebacker's name that I will not even attempt to pronounce. Uh, Bobby McCann signed with the team. They bring in uh, Dexter Lawrence on a four-year, forty million dollar contract, sixty million guaranteed. Wait, so sorry. So, so for Dexter Lawrence, that's an extension, right? Because he was already there. Yes. So, yes. Contract extension. Okay. Thank yeah. You. Yep. Usually they put re-signed in there, but uh, they did the contract extension, like you said. Uh, some changes on the uh, uh, offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they re-signed Daniel Jones, four-year, $160 million contract. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll Saquon received the non-exclusive franchise tag, which is really interesting. We'll have to talk about that, too, because there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, two new wide receivers bringing back two old wide receivers. Uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are coming back. Jamison Crowder and Paris Campbell joined the team. Any uh... – with Slayton and Shepard, I mean, were they lengthy deals or were they just band-aids? No, one around? year for uh, Shepard, two year for Slayton. Okay. And then finally, uh, really probably the one of the biggest trades in the offseason, Darren Waller exchanged for a third-round pick uh, from Vegas to New York. All right, well – there's a lot to talk about here. A lot going uh, on with the offensive side of the ball. I'll uh, I'll let you start. Where do you want to start with them? Let's talk about Saquon. I feel like uh, this is a good area to kind of start with. He had a sensational start to the season last year. And then uh, I don't think he really got injured, but he really died out. Production went, went down a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was – for a good chunk of last year, clearly the focal point of their offense. And I think 100%. I think as the year went on, I think Daniel Jones did a little bit more. And I think the passing game did a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. The, the kind of, I would agree with that. I don't know how you're going to extend him at this point to a massive deal. Because he's probably looking to be the top paid running back, right? Probably. Or at least, at least top, top five. Top three. I'd probably say top three. And we're in an era right now where the running you back position is – there's no value for right. them. Like they don't, you know, they don't, well, it's great value for the teams, but they don't get contracts. They don't get paid. Uh, so I'm not surprised this is the move. And also he's like had some injury problems. I'm, I, I will say I'm surprised they couldn't come to like a two, two to three year arrangement where he is one of the top paid running backs, not blowing the market up, well, but like something, cause he is a big part of what they do. So I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know why running backs don't do that, but I, I guess I can understand why they want that long term contract. But they're not a long term position. Right. Which is where the disconnect kind of is. Like they don't exactly. they don't last for yeah. five years. Zeke Elliott got a five, six year deal, bust immediately. Yeah. 
his stats got worse every year noticeably. Yeah. And he's currently a free agent. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like the market should maybe shift to these kind of shorter term deals with like lots of incentives and like maybe, you know, that kind of helps things out. But, but regardless, he's on a one year franchise tag right now. Reportedly unhappy about it. Reportedly pondering skipping OTAs and holding out and all that stuff. So brace for some drama there when we get into camp in the next couple of weeks. That is a really interesting point, though. So two, three year deal, but I get, get be, your bag, but you're not going to be a six year player. I mean, they, it's, it's not going to happen. If, I would say that if they were going to do that, then they would have to get like quarterback money. Well, Josh Jacobs also is going to be in this next wave here of yeah. players looking to get paid. So I think, frankly, I think right now he's more flavor of the month and has a better shot to get the, the more lucrative deal between the two of them. Uh, he just came off, you know, if I was like rushing leader of the league, but you know, if I was a team that had a good amount of cap space, I don't, I don't see why. I mean, you got like a two, three year window to, and you're like a legit Super Bowl contender. It's sort of like what the uh, 49ers did. Like they took on McCaffrey's contract because they're not paying a quarterback right now, mm-hmm. and it's like why not? Like the Gi- well, the Giants are, and I'll we'll segue to Daniel Jones after this, but they are paying Daniel Jones right now, but they're not paying him top of the market money. He's making forty million a year, which is top ten uh, contract wise. Oh, wow. I think yeah. he's like around seven or seven or eight uh, overall, which. I mean, if the Eagles can go build a roster with Jalen Hurts, if the Chiefs can build Patrick Mahomes, Josh like, then I feel like you could probably pay Saquon also for something and make it work. But Well, unfortunately, the two um, teams that you mentioned did not pay their running backs. They have not paid their running backs. Yeah, but the Eagles are paying A.J. Brown – they're paying a bunch of guys on defense. Right. Like their their O line is expensive. Like they're paying guys better better positions than running back because they know that they can just fill whatever with it. And after the Kenny Galladay whiff, the Giants aren't exactly bankrolling a massive receiver, you know, paycheck no. either. I mean, it's a pretty modest group. The Eagles they built a majority of their roster with Hertz. On a, on a rookie deal. deal, I think the Chiefs kind of did that. Um, well, we're getting into like the era with them now. Constructed, yeah, yeah. We're seeing they're now they're starting to, to have to you know change things you on know, the fly. Tyreek go, Orlando Brown go, but they just signed that other offensive lineman for a pretty lengthy contract. So it's really interesting. Anyways, let's uh, let's move on Saquon. Let's let's talk Daniel Jones briefly. Uh, just initial impression. Uh, the, you know, the deal, the length, the money, like them committing to him. I mean, overall, thumbs up, thumbs down from you. I think it's a thumbs up. Uh, I think he proved what he needed to prove in that playoff game last year. I thought he played really well in that. I think he played well down the stretch. He's going to have off games. <coughs> Excuse me. He's going to have off games, and you know that. Like, you kind of have to plan for it. And I think that's also a, a reason why you have to really pay Saquon as well because you're going to need to rely on Saquon a lot to make sure that he, Daniel Jones, is able to produce. Well, Waller helps. I mean, that's that, helps. that's a big that's a big target for him. But I don't know. 
I, I feel like Waller has really lost his juice in the last two years. I will also give the Daniel Jones overall deal a thumbs up. Uh, I think last year was really his make or break year for the for him as the starter in New York, especially with Dave Ball coming in. Uh, really, you know, he was he was he inherited Daniel Jones. Right. He inherited a lot of this roster, uh, so this is you know he had last year to judge if they could make this work and they were good. And Daniel Jones was at times pretty good. So I kind of trust Dayball to, to evolve Daniel Jones a little bit further. Uh, maybe you can get even more out of them. Maybe you can get a couple playoff wins. Like NFC is relatively open. So I think they're in a good spot right now to compete and, and going out there and drafting somebody was not a good idea this year. And the market, like, you're going to have a tough time finding someone better than him right now, unless you go make a massive trade for, you know, an Aaron Rodgers when that whole thing happened or yeah. something along those lines. But I don't think they were ever going to do that. So no, I totally agree. He's the right QB for this team situation right now. Yeah. So not perfect, but he's, he's pretty good. Uh, let's ask the, uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about with them before we go into uh, nah. All right, well, let me ask you the, the question then. Do you think they did enough oh, right. to win the division? No. Eagles still too good? Cow, Cowboys? I feel even. like uh, we might see a regression from the Giants this year. I'm uh, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I kind of see them as a little bit of a dark horse right now in this whole race. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say they did enough. They, they, they bolstered up the defense. They got Darren Waller. Not perfect. Not his prime, but still pretty good. And they they figured out the quarterback. They really need Saquon, though. They need yeah. to get this stuff figured out with him because if he's not playing on the franchise tag, then they're in trouble. Yeah. I like their hot run to start the year last year was also a fluky. lot of close games. It was fluky, and it won't happen again. But who uh, knows? Who knows? Yeah. That's like, you know, like one of those things where. A well-coached team wins games in the last two minutes. And I, I do think that the Giants head coach is good. But, I'll, yeah, like you said, a lot of those were pretty fluky. Speaking of fluky, um, let's talk Cowboys. Oh, dream team. <laughs> uh, they are being crippled by bad contracts. Oh, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. Uh, Cooper Rush re-signed a two-year deal. Uh, Ronald Jones, remember him? Yeah, <laughs> that's a blast from the past. Uh, Dude, Tony, Cooper Cooper Rush should have left. Yeah, uh, Ronald Jones on a one-year deal. Tony Pollard uh, got the franchise tag. Classic. Can't yeah. imagine Tony Pollard's getting paid anytime soon, uh, considering that they just released the running back that uh, is putting them in this crippling cap space situation. Uh, Brandon, Cooks. but but yet, sorry, really quick, but yet he's like the biggest part of their offense right now. Who Tony? Pollard? Yeah, yeah. And there's one hundred percent, and like no fucking dice. He's getting yeah. a deal, so it's hilarious. Uh, Brandon Cooks came in uh, over on a trade with Houston for a fifth and sixth round pick. Uh, good trade, Brandon Cooks. I think he's still got some good, uh, some good juice. Yeah, but him. I mean, what's his contract looking like? You know, uh, he's probably an expensive receiver at this point still. Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. and Jonathan Hankins re-signed on a one-year deal. 
<laughs> one-year deals all around for everybody. Also, uh, they're both very old. Yeah, they're both up there. Leighton Van Der Esch, who uh, had a very promising start to his career, but has kind of burned off recently. Uh, two-year, $11 million contract. Uh, another oldie, Stefan Gilmore, who was uh, acquired in a trade for a fifth-round pick with the Colts. God, he has just bounced around his last yep. couple of years everywhere. Uh, and Donovan, Donovan Wilson re-signed, three-year deal, $24 million, first two years guaranteed. Um, so they did not bring in anybody except uh, Ronald Jones, Brandon Cooks, and Stephon Gilmore, and plus the people they got in the draft, of course. Yeah, I just noticed myself uh, as you started talking about them and started listing names, I just noticed kind of like a like just a little – noise like in my ear just like this little binding pitch noise started to make me angry i don't know i just don't want to talk about them i i this this is such an uninspired uh off season for them i'd say gilmore might be the only somewhat good move but like i mean uh, there, I, I know i don't know like i'm kind of just uh exhausted on them really i mean they're, they're, what do they do in that list of moves to make you go oh yeah they're low. No, oh, nothing. They're getting better. No, they're 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 crippled by bad contracts and uninspired drafting and uninspired free agent signings. So uh, zero gas for me on these guys. I don't hate their draft. Um, they got Mozzie Smith from Michigan in the first round, who I think can be good. And then they got uh, his teammate, Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end, to replace Dalton Schultz, which I don't hate. Um, I think Dalton Schultz overestimated his uh, his value a little bit. Uh, yeah, I agree just with a hair. DeMarvion overshone for linebackers. So they got a couple defensive players. They got another defensive end. Uh, they're trying to boost up the offensive line, you know, a lot of these guys probably won't even touch the field, um, but I like what they did in the draft. Um, are a lot of these had. are a lot of these like uh, pretty non-committal, short-term deals? Like number one, it's to just operate with the cap you currently have. Yeah. But number two, is it also in an effort to potentially uh, get ready to re-sign Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs? CD Lamb. I mean, you got guys coming up that are going to need big Probably. deals. All of them yeah. are going to get top of the market deals. They want. They, I can't imagine that they'll be able to hold on to everybody with Dak's contract. But um, yeah, I definitely think they're just trying to buy time for their cap space, get off the Zeke deal, the Zeke contract, and, and go from there. But who knows, man? So if you didn't <laughs> uh, didn't catch it and. All the things I just said, I am not feeling great about them. Did they do enough to win the division? No. No, they, they regressed. Uh, did the sure. exact opposite. They brought everybody back. They'll probably win like eight or nine games this year. Maybe make the wild card and get smoked. Yeah, it's like a it's like a tradition at this point. Yeah. They'll, they'll squeak in, maybe have one one win, and people are going, "Oh, look out, look out!" And then they'll get fucking flamed uh, in the divisional. So yeah. Moving on to the 14-3 and three Super Bowl runner-ups, the Philadelphia Eagles. They did the right thing right out the gate. Five-year, $255 million contract extension. $110 million fully guaranteed for Jalen Hurts. 
No trade clause. Yeah! 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 Mariota is now a backup for them. Hey, I forgot about that. Yeah. The one-time uh, Eagles Eagles coach Chip Kelly. Uh, all the I remember I was I was very into the Eagles at this point, but everyone was salivating at the opportunity to have Marcus Mariota be drafted by the Eagles. Like recreate that Oregon Ducks offense. Oh, Everyone. So now he's actually an eagle. That's hilarious. New three-headed running back a trio for Philadelphia. Rashad Penny signed a one-year deal. Boston Scott coming back. And, of course, who could forget, DeAndre Swift came over for a fourth round and another pick in 2023. I want winners. So uh, there's that. They brought in a wide receiver on a one-year deal. I don't know who that is. They brought in a tight end on a one-year deal. I don't know who that is. Jason Kelsey's coming back for it's a one-year deal. It's not very informative for the listener. Dan Arnold, Olamide, Zacchaeus. Fair enough. So yeah, do with that what you will. Uh, Jason Kelsey's coming back on a one-year $14.25 million deal. Uh, running it back one more time, I assume. Same thing with Fletcher Cox, who's getting a one-year $10 million deal. Brandon Graham signing, coming back for a one-year $6 million deal. Cantavia uh, Street, I don't know who that is. Nicholas Morrow, that sounds familiar. Linebacker. Yeah, where is he coming over from? I think he's bounced around a few teams at this point. Uh, James Bradbury. Three-year, $38 million contract. So that's an extension because they, uh, they acquired him. They traded year. for him, right, it's from the Saints? No, that was the Gi- Giants. Giants. Yeah. Uh, Slay, three-year, $42 million extension. Which I believe he actually hit the market for a second and then yeah, I believe signed right. in Philly. Yep. So, uh, Greedy Williams, one-year contract, uh, for, all-time name. Yeah, former Browns legend. Uh, Terrell Edmonds and Justin Evans. Evans, yes. Uh, safeties. So that's one Okay, secondary, yeah. Okay. So bringing back the crew, a lot of the crew, and then adding a little bit more with, uh, you know, Penny and Swift coming over. Um, they're adding a lot through the draft, a lot of good stuff. Here's, uh, here's my issue, Al. And I don't think uh, Darius Slade knew about this before they announced the news. Um but I think this defense might be horrible next year. Well, why do you say that? Uh, there's a certain fat f- who uh, weaseled his way into there and somehow got another job. We're going to kick you in the teeth. Uh, Matt Patricia, I believe, is some sort of fucking defensive assistant. Who knows? I don't know why, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, that happened. I don't, I don't know. It keeps getting... Worked. Couldn't tell you. Don't know. Could not tell you. Uh, let's take a look at their draft really quick, too, because as maybe the best first round in the league. Sensational. They, so. break it, uh, they pick up Jalen Carter to go along with um, who's the guy they got last year? Uh, Jordan Reed. Jo- Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Uh, Jordan Davis. And then they also pick his teammate, Nolan Smith from Georgia, uh, in the first round, which is fantastic. They add to the offensive line in the second. They add more to that secondary in the third and the fourth. They bring in this kid, Tanner McKee, at quarterback in the sixth, and then another defensive lineman in the seventh. Uh, I mean, steals, Nolan Smith and Jalen Reed, if 
their credibility stands up, which I'm sure it will. Uh, all in all, what do you think of the offseason? Uh, excellent draft. Solidifying a couple areas on defense. You kind of had to reshuffle the running back room a little bit. Uh, I'm I not, think they did a great job with that. I mean, I will say on paper, I'm not as excited about Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift as, as seeing Miles Sanders back. There is uh, there is some concerns. Both yeah. those guys are very injury prone. But they, you know, they, they, they're just going to run it back. I mean, the most important thing, obviously, Jalen Hurts is, is locked up. So yep. if he is the real deal, which last year looked like, he is uh, A plus, A plus offseason. They, yeah. they they just made this roster ready to go again. And they they added guys in the draft that are going to produce for the next couple years. Uh, this is really a big year for them because all these, you know, the guys who kind of came back on shorter term deals, I mean, they're up there. There, there oh, is a yeah. lot of this roster. Who, this is the there. last year, I would say. So they really have to go, you know, Make it happen this year, and uh, if not, well, if not, I mean, I don't even know because we thought a couple years ago that they they had their window and they got one, and then they were going to be in the basement rebuilding. But we're talking about them off of a Super Bowl appearance, so they've had some masterclass GM work. The coaching's been very good. They've roster building has been phenomenal these last like five six years, so uh, they'll probably be fine. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Um... There, I feel like there is some concern with, you know, those three guys, uh, Kelsey, Cox, and Graham. You know, they're definitely getting up there in age. And uh, if they can hold out, I think the team will be great. If not, they'll still be really good. So, Did they do enough to, to win the division? Win the division 100%. Did they do enough to win the Super Bowl? I feel like that's got to be the question. Runner-up, they barely lost. They, they did enough to stay in the race to get back there. Uh, I'll say that much. They're definitely – look, the NFC, them and the Niners, they're the number one seats. It's a 1A, 1B, depending on the quarterback thing in San Francisco. But right now, this is the class of the NFC. So, yeah, they're, they have enough to get back for sure. But they don't have enough to win. I don't know. I mean, the AFC is better. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they did. I think they got enough to go win it this year. I think the AFC has got the NFC's number right now, unfortunately. Yeah, how many in a row have they won? Uh, you think of all the last couple of Super Bowls. Well, I mean, not that many in a row because the Rams won two years ago. Oh, but yeah, shit. I'm just they saying. Have, they've won one in a row. Well, I'm just saying based on. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It probably sounds like somebody's trying to escape from my basement or yeah, something. Yeah, you really got to. Do something about the soundproof in those walls, man. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's rank these suckers. Uh, do you know who you have at four? Uh, I feel like I do. Yeah, yeah I'll say Dallas. I'll say yeah, Dallas at four. That's, yeah. But it's honestly, it is not super far uh, gap-wise from the commanders. The only mm-hmm. edge I'm give to the commanders is that they extend drop paint. Yeah, I think that's, that's really about it. Some good offensive lineman signings for the Commanders too, but really, I mean, they locked up you know a really good defensive player. Cowboys, ugh. it's like it, it's tough. It's like if if someone had like uh like a big cut like on their like on their knee or something like you know instead of putting a, a fresh band aid or like getting some first aid treatment on there, Dallas 
they went into the pool and grabbed a dirty old wet band-aid and slapped mm-hmm. it on the knee and they're like, yeah, that'll probably work. Yeah. Or, some, or some tape or something. Yeah. That's kind of what their offseason feels like to me compared to all the other teams. Washington, the lack of addressing the quarterback, though, is also kind of concerning. So, And they really need this year to go well for all the reasons we talked about. So they are equally uh, not great. So It was really just – the offensive and defensive line with Washington, they really did not do anything to upgrade their skill sets. Uh, so I don't think I, I, they might get better this year. Who knows? But I, I can't really see it. Giants are two for me. I yes. like the fact that they got Daniel Jones. I don't love some of these defensive signings. Dexter Lawrence is good, but uh, I'm sure you guys know how I feel about Jared Davis and the Warrior. Uh, or it could work out. I mean, he did have some flashes could, in Detroit. He did. Could. He, had, he had one good year. Uh, he was horrendous last year. Um, with 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 Giants, I'll I'll say they definitely they definitely belong at, at two for me. Also, because of I do like the Daniel Jones deal. Yeah. I do like the Darren Waller trade. I do like extending Dexter Lawrence. I don't love the franchise tag situation with Saquon. I yeah. don't love some of the defensive signings. Some of the receiver signings, re-signings are leaving a lot to be desired. So, uh, not really an upgrade in that area. Yeah, so there's a lot that I do like, but a lot that I am uh, wishing they did a little differently or better. And you clearly right now are in the thick of this race. So I feel like they, they did what they had to do in some areas, but not enough compared to, to Philly to give them the one spot. Yeah, in Philly, I mean, it's pretty obvious. They got the whole band back together. I don't know where the hell they're getting this cap space from. Wizardry, man. They, um, they're they're the GMing of of Howie Roseman is is top tier. I guess so. Uh, they bring back you know Kelsey Cox Graham, who are three cornerstones of the team at this point. They extend out Bradbury and Slay, which is fantastic. Revamped running room. Uh, running revamped back room. running room, and most importantly, they lock down hurts. So and have a excellent draft and have an excellent draft very so true too. that's they might actually have the highest score of any offseason of anyone that but, we talked about but I, here's why i wouldn't put them up there there is a ticking time bomb within that organization <laughs> that that does bring them down a fair couple you points cannot forget about no, that bitch. yeah you that not forget about that that brings them down a few points yeah so confusing i just don't get it well, speaking of the former Detroit Lions head coach. Let's switch it over. NFC North. All right. Let's talk NFC North. I'm going to start out with the Chicago Bears. Coming off a 3-14 and 14 season. Uh, they traded out of the first overall pick. And uh, they picked up DJ Moore. And they have a lot of draft capital moving forward. Uh, that is tagging along with... Uh, Mooney and Claypool, um, to which a lot of people are saying, good wide receiver trio. Mo- Mooney, yes. Claypool, uh, I'm already, I've already seen enough to say he's a bust, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, not, not good reports coming out of mini camps either. So they bring in Big Bob Tanyan, Robert Tanyan at tight end on a to pair with deal. with Cole Komet. So that's interesting, I guess. Uh, yeah, that is very interesting. They lose David Montgomery, uh, but they do bring in Deontay Foreman on a one-year deal uh, and Travis Homer on a two-year deal. Yeah, so this is a team uh, that it would make a lot of sense for them to go get 
Dalvin Cook or a Zeke Elliott or one of, you know, X good running backs kind of sitting out there still, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Cheap deal. I don't know. Feels like makes sense, but they did uh do some good upgrades to the uh, linebacker position. They get Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills on a four year seventy two million dollar contract and TJ Edwards on a three year nineteen point five million dollar contract. And uh I'd probably say those are the highlights. Uh, there's Andrew Billings and Demarcus Walker and Rasheem Green. Uh, all three of those uh, are three years or one years. Yeah, uh, I don't think there was any other big splashes. Oh, they did re-sign Nathan Peterman, so he is there. Well, thank God for a backup. PJ Walker, the Lions killer. They probably brought him in for that reason, that reason only. So, uh, what do you think, Al? Was there anything that really stood out to you with this offseason? Um, well, let's start with them trading on a number one because that that was pretty much, I think, the biggest thing they did yeah. all offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, people leading up to the draft were saying, should they just move off fields and draft Bryce Young? Should they take someone at one that's not a quarterback? Should they trade it? Uh, and ultimately, I think... I didn't love it when I first heard all the compensation that they got, but now that some time has passed and seeing, you know, from a little further away, I think they did get a pretty good deal. They doubled, you know, the two first round picks essentially out of it. They got a stud receiver for Justin Fields, which was sorely needed. Um, and I just think they probably weren't going to get anything better than that because I think everyone was not – there's no Trevor Lawrence in this draft class. I think everyone likes Bryce Young coming to the draft, but, like, they probably weren't going to get too much more than that. So I think the they got prodigy. a pretty – right. right. So I think they got a pretty good deal for it. And I will say they were more active in free agency than I figured they, they would be because last year, I mean, they were picked first. They, you know, they were the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. uh, even with fields. So I was kind of thinking this would be another year of – Clearing up money, kind of like the Lions did, you know, clearing up money, drafting, developing, then start making the you know Tremaine Edmonds signings, the DJ Moore trades. But uh, no, they're they're kind of just like jumping into it already. Uh, so it was surprising, but I guess the real catalyst. I don't mean to hog the whole conversation here, but I think the real catalyst with this whole thing is the fact that Justin Fields has like two years left in his rookie deal. Yeah, I think they really are trying to find out now. This first chunk of the season, this season, is he the guy? And if he is, they're ready to build around him. And if he's not, I think it's going to go a different direction. So, I gotta be honest with you, I think it's crazy if they're even asking that question. Why? I mean, I guess his like accuracy is less than to be desired, um, but. I mean, I feel like he's shown – he was really, like, I would say, the only reason they won three games last year. For sure. Uh, but, like – And you got to build he, around the guy to see what you got with him. As right? a passer, there is a lot to be desired. Yeah, that's if, true. If you, if you watch him as, you know, an athlete and the mobility, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's like he's, like, right now probably the best athletic quarterback in the league. Uh, but yeah, they're the throwing, which 
is a quarterback's primary job, no matter how you scheme it up, uh, needs a lot of work. And I think that they added DJ Moore for that reason. I think keeping Mooney around, adding another tight end, like maybe letting some of the running backs go so that they can kind of focus more on the passing game. Like if you can round him out a little bit more into more even on both sides of things, he could be phenomenal. He could be amazing. The potential's there. Uh, but I just don't think they know yet, and I think this year you're gonna you're gonna find out. And even if he, even if he doesn't work out in Chicago, uh, there will be a market. Oh, one hundred percent. And one hundred. That's a thousand percent. That's on them this year to figure out because if they kind of are like, nah, we're good, they probably could get a bag for him. They could probably get a lot of picks for him. Yeah. And but the thing with the Bears, they they just have, as long as I've been watching football, haven't really had very good quarterbacks. That's kind of just been how how it is. Uh, no franchise passer in the history of the Bears franchise has thrown for uh, 4,000 yards in the season. So you're not wrong. I kind of hogged most of that conversation. I feel like, do you have any additional thoughts on the Bears? Uh, they took Darnell Wright 10th overall after trading the 9th overall to the Eagles. Uh, offensive lineman out of Tennessee. So got some uh, help. Uh, for fields there. Uh, they took a defensive lineman in their second round. Um, DB, a defensive lineman. They're really trying to make sure that their defense is a lot better than last year because it was horrendous. Uh, a running back out of Texas, no, not Bijan, another wide receiver. Uh, they did get, and this is interesting, right? We already have the St. Browns going against each other. Mm-hmm. When we go to Chicago, now we have the Sewells. Going against each other, uh, they drafted uh, Noah Sewell. Noah Sewell out of Oregon. Uh, really unfortunate. I really wanted the Lions to take him, but I understand. We got you know Jack Campbell. Here's the thing: I don't understand with their offseason now. They signed Tremaine Edmonds to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal. Do you think he's that better, that much better than Roquan Smith? I think he's that much less expensive, right? I mean, he has to be a better value because I don't know. what did Roquan sign for? Like, you're not going to move off of Roquan Smith to have a same level deal for a guy who's not Roquan Smith. Um, they're the same age. I feel like they put up the same sort of numbers. I mean, was was he that much cheaper? I, that's the only rationale other than the Bears acquiring draft capital for Roquan. Uh, yeah, but, I guess that makes sense. I mean, but, I mean, they – I feel like they couldn't really look that far ahead with um, with it because I mean, like it's not like they were like, oh, we'll just go sign Tremaine Edmonds to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal. You know, I don't know. I mean, when he signed with the Bears, that was a surprise. That was a surprising move. So yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because that's kind of what I was alluding to. It's like they seem like they should be at the point where they're kind of, you know, not. Like being a little more frugal, being a little bit more like build through the draft, like cheaper deals, not long-term commitments. And then when you had a guy, Roquan Smith, who was one of the best linebackers in the league, who was definitely a Chicago guy for a while. Same sort of players, too. Yeah. Like they're very similar in play style. It's it's a strange move. It's a strange move to make. Uh, Besides the point, like that that would just – I don't get that. No. Maybe Roquan just didn't want to be in Chicago anymore. He wanted to go play for a winning team, and Tremaine Edmonds wanted to do the exact opposite, which is really interesting to me. Did they do enough to get out of the to get out of the hole um, to win the division? No, definitely not the division. Uh, not even 
close. I don't think this team is going to be that much better than they were last year, to be completely honest with you. I think they'll be a little bit better, but uh, I think they're still a little bit of ways away from making any noise. And I, I will agree, you're completely right. Fields is a big question mark when it comes to throwing the ball, and he'll have a little bit more time this year to do just that. So what about you? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say no. They don't did do enough to win the division, but they they did enough to give Justin Fields a legit shot at some wins. You know, like right. if they go out there and win eight games, seven games, and he looks like amazing, then that's that's a W for for their season. I feel yeah. like because they they know where they're going. Uh, you know, a team that doesn't know where they're going. The Green Bay Packers. Beautiful segue. Um, the Shadow Man is finally gone. The sun has come out. We can all celebrate. Uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. Aaron Rodgers is gone. I'm so excited! Out of the division, off to the AFC. Thank God. And now we get to hopefully see the collapse of this franchise. And I'm all for it. I'll be dancing on their graves. Um, Jordan Love will most likely be starting at quarterback, which I can't wait well, for. Well, I mean, yeah, he's going to be starting. Unless uh, God I cannot wait injury, for but, it. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know who they have backing up. They have four things listed on here uh, now. They have Justin Hollins re-signed on a one-year deal. Rudy Ford, uh, safety, re-signed. Long snapper. Matt Ozarek, re-signed a three-year contract. Kick returner, punt returner. They don't even list him as a running back, a wide receiver, a DB. He's just a kick returner, punt returner. Kiasan Nixon, uh, probably butchered that name, don't care, Resigned a one-year deal. This team is going to blow this year. I think I agree. <laughs> well, there's really nothing to talk about with their offseason, with other, their off season, other than Rodgers leaving. Uh, I will throw it out there that Jordan Love uh, did get a, a one-year contract extension. <laughs> Uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I think it's that they didn't have to use the tag or something. I, I don't know. But, yeah, he's set up this year next year to be the starter. And I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I don't know. I think he. I think they are going to move off of him pretty quickly. They, why, they just – they sometimes just strike me as the team that just thinks they're, like, above going out there and – paying market price for players or, or like trading around in the draft to go get a star. Like, I don't know. They just never do anything spicy like ever. Yeah. Um, this whole Rogers saga took four fucking years yeah. to, to unfold the way it did. And guess what? No Super Bowls in that time. Zero. He got one in his whole career, his 20 year long career almost with them. Yeah. So you want to talk about mismanaging a franchise a little bit? Uh, First ballot Hall of Famer, you get one Super Bowl out of them. I know it's tough, but, I mean, my God. Well, when you're using uh, your first-round draft picks on everything but talent to help the right. guy out. It's, it's like, what are we talking about? It's like they had him under – he had an MVP season. They don't back draft back. any back fucking receivers for him. And then, like, you finally draft some guys, not even in the first round, and they start to develop at the end of the year, but like even still, 
they're not like elite receivers. Christian Watson is a, g- a good player. He had a nice year, but like, what's he going to be what, with Jordan Love throwing the ball? Exactly. So, uh, Aaron Jones, I hope you're ready to carry this fucking team. Yeah. Because uh, because this dude is going to be the the only part of this offense they're, that's going to be elite. I, I can't imagine they don't see um, less than eight in the box all season. That's how bad I think Jordan Love is going to be. Uh, and I don't think that offensive line is going to be holding up like they did for Rodgers. Bakhtiari is getting real old real quick. Uh, didn't play a snap last year. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, he's in year eight. He's getting up there. They got Dylan, too, and he's they got decent, Dylan, but... Uh, but let let, let me ask you this. That, man. They lost Cobb. Uh, Kenny Clark is going into year nine. They still got Quay Walker. They still got some talent here and there, but Rashawn Gary's on an expiring uh, deal too. I feel like once they get out there and they don't have the big bad man to save them, they're gonna they're gonna get deflated real quick. Let me just ask you, because I feel like uh, with a lot of these teams that we've been talking about, the subtext of their off seasons is interesting. Like the Bears, it's like you can tell they're making some of these moves because where they're at with Justin Fields, right? That's like the subtext of their offseason. What is the Packers, like, what is the deal? Like, what is this offseason about? Are they trying to offload cap money? Are they trying to set Jordan Love up? Are they trying to just build the draft? I don't feel like there's any plan here. I feel like they're just going to roll it back with what they have and see if Jordan Love can be as good as Aaron Rodgers, which is fucking ludicrous. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, literally, like that's, I think that's literally the plan. So yeah. it just it's it's confusing. I, we we've had like one or two years where the Packers in recent memory didn't have him, and they were awful. Yeah, they were unwatchable for a good chunk of the year. Uh, so I'm just a little confused on what the plan is. If the plan is to completely rebuild everything and blow it up, no signs of that. Uh, if the plan is to beef up and give Jordan Love a shot. No signs of that. No. So where are we going? <laughs> this division is so winnable. It, it, it really is. Like if the Lions are the talk of the town as the first place team, I mean, my God, this is this thing is ripe for the taking. But they're not doing anything. And they, they kind of always act this way. So confusing, bad. Uh, I hope it all comes, you know, comes up in flames. Saving the Lions for the last. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, do we even have to ask the question? Did they do enough to win the division? No. 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 They did enough to finish dead last. Um, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, since we're jumping the Lions, we'll save them best for last. Uh, you got to finish your course before you get to dessert, right? Um, Nick Mullins and Alexander Mattinson, they lose two key offensive players in Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. They bring in. Uh, what is his name? Jordan Addison as a rookie, the yes. rookie wide receiver. Yes. Right? Um, they also bring in Brandon Powell. So they add to that wide receiver room a little bit more, give Kirk Cousins what he needs. They still have TJ Hawkinson, obviously. They add to the offensive line with three signings um, defensive line, Mar- uh, Marcus Davenport, Dean Lowry, Jonathan Bullard, uh, which was a re signing. Um, so they're adding to that defensive line. They bring in another linebacker to replace Eric Kendricks. They also and, lost to Darius Smith. 
They also they lost go. Darius Smith. Tra- Sorry, that was a trade. Yeah. That was a trade for Brunson. They also lost Patrick Peterson. They replaced him with Brian Murphy, two-year, $20 million deal. Uh, There's been some rumors, too, floating around about Anthony Barr. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Daniil Hunter, not Anthony Barr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I have been hearing those. That, that's been going on, I feel like, almost for two years now that they're going to trade him. But who knows? Um, that guy always caused me issues in Madden. Um, what, what do we th- – I, I, I don't know what to put, make of this. It, it kind of feels like they're deconstructing while trying to hold on. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, they're in year two. Uh, of a new GM, new coach. They got Kevin O'Connell coming back. Uh, so they're in year two with with the new tandem. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, big story also. Final year of his contract coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson obviously needs to be paid pretty quick here. Yeah. You move on from Dalvin Cook. Again, like the Packers, this division is very winnable in the last year you won it, and last year you had a First giant wet accident. fart again in the playoffs, as they home. always do. Uh, so if I was – let me put it this way. If I was the front office of the Vikings and I saw how last year ended, even though you had a lot of things working well for you during the year, even though Kirk Cousins is like stat Padford 2.0, uh, maybe a little better at times, but, you know, if I'm them – I saw enough in that playoff game to go, all right, let's start to dismantle this. Let's start to let things kind of expire. Let's start to get rid of some bad contracts. Let's start to – we don't want to bomb it. We don't want to completely be irrelevant this year because there is a chance they could win the division. But they're definitely a worse team than last year, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they, they looked at it more defensive sidedly than offensive side of the league, if that's a word. You mean uh, as far as, like, the changes that they yeah, made? Yeah. Okay. Like, I feel like they did get rid of a lot of players off defense, right? Because you are reinvesting when you dra- draft a receiver with your first-round pick. I mean, that's, that's a reinvestment on the offense, a yeah. high-end investment. But uh, No, very true, very true. Uh, I think they're, they're maintaining what worked for them last year while trying to invest in rebuilding this defense, right? Uh, they took Jordan Addison in the first round, then a corner from USC, a safety from LSU, a nose tackle from LSU, a quarterback from BYU, and then a running back from UAB. So uh, that was, what, four straight out of six picks? I'm sorry, three straight without a six picks, including rounds three, four, and five uh, with defensive side. So I, I agree, you know, they, they kind of – to, they're trying to maintain Justin Jefferson's eliteness while bringing in Addison and you know helping Kirk Cousins in his final year of his contract really show people that he is what they thought he was and uh, rebuild his defense. But I don't know. I just I just real tough. I just think that the Mike Zimmer holdout player you know era players yeah, that, that was really tough it's just it's kind of run its course and i think that they saw everything they need to see in the playoffs last year what an embarrassing exit uh well, it's and, like you know if you if you do it on both sides of the ball what are you doing with justin jefferson right you, i assume you're getting rid of kirk cousins if you deconstruct both sides right if you're going to completely blow this thing up i i think you're probably going to let kirk walk and you're 
I mean, I think you have to resign Jefferson though because he's generational. Yeah, hundred percent, and he's super young. So like, and you, well, you have the cap to do it too at that point. Yeah, so if, you have, if you're doing that, you have to go out and make sure that you're getting a good QB. Otherwise, you're gonna piss them off, right? Well, they, I think they surprised people the year that Kirk Cousins got there. They were aggressive in that year of free agency, and they got him, and he was the top quarterback on the market, yeah. and. I know it didn't pan out amazingly as far as results go, but he's had good numbers and he's he's kept them relevant. And I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they draft someone. Maybe they trade for a star. I don't know. But they're. I just think this era is coming to an end this year. Their off season, their draft is kind of just like, yeah, we're doing enough to keep it going for this year, but we're not going to commit to anything long term. We're not going to sign any massive deals we're going to let go of a couple guys who are older and like a little more expensive and make some room like it feels like they're getting ready i just yeah. talked to the last team with the packers it's like what does the subtext of their offseason say what does it look like they're doing don't fucking know vikings to me it seems like the writing's on the wall a little bit i think the dalvin cook thing really was what sold it for me because they could have had him on the roster this year probably i know it would have been expensive but they got a lot of cap room for for letting him go. They tried to trade him. No one wanted his contract, so they just let him walk. They, they just they they caught him late in the offseason, too. Yeah. So it just feels like that's where they're kind of going. No, I totally agree. Uh, do you think they did enough to stay atop of the division? Well, considering that they were at the top last year, uh, and two of the other two teams we talked about so far, absolutely fucking not. Um, I will say adding a high-end talent receiver. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. And maybe adding some depth picks. I, sure. I'll say they did enough to stay in the race for the division. I'll, I'll say that much because this division is very up for grabs. Not, not, a, yeah. not a glowing... Uh, <laughs> recommend, you know, that recommendation. Uh, I mean, but I agree review, with you, but... uh, 100%. I think they did enough to remain at the top if, if, uh, if all goes their way again. But let's, uh, let's get into what really matters here. Let's go! Lions! All right, talking Lions. A lot of good stuff going on uh, this offseason. Uh, David Montgomery, we lose Jamal Williams, which is sad, but we re- or, uh, we signed David Montgomery to a three-year, $18 million deal. We re-signed Craig Reynolds. We bring in Marvin Jones uh, to combat with uh, Jamison Williams being out for six games to start the season. Uh, old face, new regime, Graham Glasgow returns to the team. I actually forgot about that. Uh, Isaiah Bugs re-signed on a two-year deal, which is great. Kaminsky re-signed on a two-year deal, which is great. Uh, Christian Covington, a defensive lineman. I don't know who that is, so we don't care. Alex Anzalone. Uh, uh, from from the sorry, from the comments uh, on like PFF's page or whoever posted when Covington signed. Former Chargers defensive tackle. Uh, the comments were not glowing. I'll leave it at that. I assume he's like practice team depth guy, so. Uh, Anzalone, three-year, $18.75 million deal, which is a little interesting. Uh, By interesting, capping. you mean not good? It's – I a lot of people don't like Anzalone. I don't hate him. Um, I think he makes plays at times, but – He's I definitely understand. a locker room dude. He That's is, a big part of it. He's a Dan Campbell guy through and through. That's why he's still on the team. That's why he's captain. 
Uh, I'm hoping that uh, once we get Campbell up and running, Jack Campbell that is, uh, we will have no more need for Antelone if we can throw uh, a little bit of craziness into the mix of the linebackers in Rodrigo. Uh, Jalen Reeves Maven, did he um, did he leave and come back? Yeah, he went to Houston, right? Yeah. I believe last year, so he's back. So another familiar face. Emmanuel Mosley comes over from the 49ers. Cam Sutton, wait. Yep. Yeah. Where did Cam Sutton? Steelers. Steelers. That's right. Three year, thirty million dollar, three three million dollar deal for uh, Cam Sutton. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, one-year, $8 million deal from the Eagles. Definitely the later off-season addition, like, in the summer that was kind Shocking. of surprising. Yeah, kind Shocking. of a surprising move, but a very good move. Uh, move. Best free agent we've gotten in recent memory? You're saying for C.J. Gardner-Johnson? Yeah. Mm. yeah, in recent memory, I mean, we haven't really been doling it out the last – Three, four seasons. I'm like honestly, thinking back so. to Bob Quinn. I mean, was Tree Flowers really that good? He was at that time. Yeah, when they signed him, that was that was like a probably a pretty big. That was a big splash for yeah. sure. He was he was one of the more coveted free agents, but he ended up being one Got of him. the worst uh, players on the roster. Got so, uh, CJ Moore signed on a two year deal. I feel like we've had him before, so I don't think that's new. Um, and then finally, uh, Will Harris resigned on a one-year deal. Uh, that's fully guaranteed for two million dollars, two point five million dollars. Um, and then through the draft, we pick up Jameer Gibbs, we pick up Jack Campbell, we bring in um, Brian Branch. Brian Branch is that his name? Is that yes. right? Yeah. Why do I feel like he had a different first name for some reason? Um, who is the tight end? Uh, that is Laporta. Laporta. Sam Laporta. Uh, we bring in another defensive tackle that uh, is just ginormous in weight. Um, so I'm excited to see him plug up some holes. Uh, Hendon Hooker, uh, talk of the town. Uh, we'll be seeing him back up Jared Goff, hopefully. Uh, the other one is Nate Subfield, who I can't imagine will be remaining. i got to imagine that Hendon Hooker, the 26-year-old out of Tennessee, uh, will be passing him up. Roger Martin was the defensive tackle. He weighs 337 pounds. Holy shit. Um, Colby Sorsdahl for the offensive tackle. Antonio Green for a wide receiver out of North Carolina in the seventh round. Um, we do not lose Ben Johnson. We do not lose Aaron Glenn. We do lose Deuce Staley, but we bring in Dre Bly, former Detroit Lion, former Pro Bowler. Uh, so that is fantastic. We got some we got some smack talk coming in. We got some grit on the cornerback side, some flair, some uh, some pizzazz. I would say I love Dre Bly. So, uh, what what do you think, Al? Did, what, what do you think of the offseason for the Lions? I think uh, you could you could say just based on the reinvention, the complete retooling of the secondary alone, uh, massive W. Massive. Massive upgrade. This is uh, now, last year, one of the worst units in the league. Worst. Now we're flirting with, like, a top 10 unit on paper, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, this this unit got completely overhauled, thank God. Uh, Really interesting draft. I know draft night, uh, we were freaking out a little bit about the Jameer Gibbs pick and the Jack, Jack Campbell pick. 
at you know their value in round one. But when you look at the entirety of it, plus the rest of their offseason, plus the roster that they had in place, uh, on paper, it's a pretty good draft. I mean, they, I think they took some swings, but looking at everything a little bit removed, uh, I'm very amped on it. The only, the only cornerback that I can think of with it from last year that will get into the rotation is Jerry Jacobs, which I'm very happy with. Um, other than that, the safeties will remain, well, probably. They have a really good rotation with safety right now. They have Tracy Walker, who's coming off an injury, which is a little unfortunate, but I think Tracy will still start. He's still a defensive captain. They got Kirby Joseph coming off of a fantastic rookie year. They have... Uh, uh, Brian Branch uh, backing up, who I think will certainly become Phil Tracy Walker's role uh, as leader of the defense eventually, leader of the secondary eventually, I would say. Uh, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who I didn't even mention, is probably the best player out of the four of them. Right. You got right. Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley starting out there. And from the uh, sleuthing I did in the comments looking at the Cam Sutton signing, uh, not just from the Lions side of things, because you're obviously going to have some homework opinions on that. But uh, people seem to think he was a pretty solid, underrated player. And the contract value term for the production that he had last year in Pittsburgh uh, was was pretty positively received. So I would say similar feelings for Mosley, too. And yeah, I think he missed some time last year with, with an injury, but he's been on a very good Niners defense the last couple of years, and he's been a definitely been a contributor. So, uh, I mean, we didn't really even talk about it, but we are we did say goodbye to Jeff Okuda. I know we talked to the MC yeah. South last last week, but um, I mean, adios, adios. Yeah, sorry. I mean, the worst number three overall pick that I can remember <laughs> in my life. So hopefully he does better in Atlanta, but he's no longer a lion. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm very positive on all of it. I, I'm very fascinated by Jameer Gibbs. I'm very fascinated by the other draft picks. Uh, I hope they all gel with the kind of the good vibes we had going out of last year. Just keep that momentum moving. So, I mean, you look at the revamped linebacker room, which was a huge point for me. You got Anzalone, Campbell, Rodriguez. Uh, you still have Derek Barnes back there, who is still developing. You have on the defensive line, you got Hutch, obviously. You got James Houston, who was sensational last year in a short amount of time. Bugs and McNeil on the line with Patrick Martin backing them up. Plus Pascal. I'm not done. Uh, Charles Harris, who led the team in sacks uh, two years ago. You got Kaminsky coming back, who was huge for Hutchinson. You got Romeo Okora still on the team. You got Josh Pascal still on the team. You got Julian Okora still on the team. Uh, We're... We got a lot of depth now, especially with the defensive line, which is sensational. We still have a good amount of depth on the offensive line. You look at the starting five, it's still really good. Penne, Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, Taylor Decker, Vitae. You got Glasgow now backing them up. You got Sternberg, Matt Nelson, who uh, did a great job last year. You got Brock Wright, Sam Laporta. You got James Mitchell, who uh, was not horrible in his rookie year, missed some time. Same Shane Zilstra, who caught a couple touchdowns. You got Marvin Jones, Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalif Raymond's coming back, Tom Kennedy's coming back, Josh Reynolds is coming back, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Craig Rob Craig Reynolds is coming back, Jared Goff at the helm. I mean, 
from top to bottom, you can't really point out a weak point. Uh, yeah, but, well, this is the big question then, right? I mean, I'm happy to be asking it year three into this rebuild. Uh, and I thought, frankly, it would take us another year or two based on how awful uh, this this roster was when Brad Holmes took over. Yeah. But are they ready? Are they ready to go win this division? Are they ready to make some noise in the playoffs? Because that's kind of where it feels like they're at, I mean, especially going on that tear at the end of last year. Yeah. It, it's that group plus all the talent this offseason that was added, which is, you know, everything we just said it was. It's pretty damn good. Coming off a nine and eight year, would we go eight out of the last nine down the stretch? Something like that. I know. believe. Uh, do we think they won enough? They did enough to go out and win the division? I think so. I think so too. I think so they too. Completely revamped their defense. They got a lot of guys on there now. Here's here's my SOL brain a little bit though, and I hate to even be like a you know like a rain cloud on this conversation, but this team has been playing with house money for two years now. You know, yeah. year one there was no expectations for anything because, again, the roster was absolute dookie. Year two was kind of a continuation of it. You're probably expecting a few more wins, development of some players, a better year, but they surprised everybody and and over-delivered last year. Really turned the ship around. So now we're at a point where the expectations are very high for them. Yeah. Where they are extremely the highest that I can remember in a while. Yeah. Uh, that even includes the Patricia years, really, with Stafford. I mean, it, it, it's higher. It's as high now as it was back then. It's hard to remember, but I feel like it's even higher than when they were making the playoffs with Stafford. Right. Um, uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you the last time there's been this much hype around a Detroit line. So, but, so that's, that's, my, that's my concern. That's my SOL I, brain concern. I'm right there with you. Because the bubble is as big as it can be right now. This team has never done anything yeah. to show that they warrant high expectations or performed well when the expectations were high. I'm never. So, well, Sunday Night Football last year, I would say that it was a, a high pressured situation. A little bit. I mean, well, I know they had nothing it was a, to lose. Deflated a little bit. I mean, yeah. they had nothing to play for ultimately. Well, spoiler, keeping, yeah, spoiler, but spoiler, but yeah, they're definitely they definitely didn't have as much pressure as they could have had in that situation. I actually think that game is the biggest argument for them being different is because the fact that they did ultimately not have anything to play for. They still went out there and played a great game and like work. They were not going to play any different no matter what the outcome was. That's what yeah. everybody was kind of saying. That's what the vibe was. And when I see and hear stuff like that, and I see results like that, and I see results like the end of the season, uh, that's the only thing that's making this feel different than the, the last couple iterations of the Detroit Lions being close to a contender. Yeah. Uh, but man, a lot of things gotta you know we gotta get off the ground right away, right away, and like no no stumbling out the gate. That's why people like JMO being gone is such a big loss for this offense. Like that's huge. He was, like, in such short spurts last year, he showed so much. And I agree with you, that is a huge loss. But 
only six games. It's not as much as it was last year. And they that that offense really held up without him last year. That's why I'm not too worried about but it. But part of I that is agree. because part of that is because no one was expecting that. This year people are going to be scheming oh, yeah. differently for them. Yeah. And that's very true. The defense needs to do more this time around. Oh, and yeah. the offense needs to to click right away, even without JMO. Jameer Gibbs, you know, people were kind of mixed on the pick, but He's a guy that you're hoping to insert into the roster day one of the season, and then he's producing right away. Yeah. That's that's the kind of production you want from him uh, and you need because now we don't have DeAndre Swift. We don't have Jamal anymore. I think Montgomery's going to be very excellent too. But, yeah, man, we just got to get moving fast and uh, can't afford a whole lot of losses early on because it makes the whole season a lot a lot more difficult. I don't think you're going to go out there and have an 8-1, eight 8-2 eight run again like you did last year. That's pretty uh, – yeah, can't, can't get into that hole again. Hell no. But I'm a believer. I think for the most part, this offseason was very good for them. So I'm very definitely good. a believer in where they're going. All right, so there you have it. We do believe that this team has done enough to win the division. I think I'll take it even a step further. I think they've done enough to win a home playoff game this year. I won't go that far, but <laughs> I think they did enough to think, get this division and, and get in the dance. I'll, I'll say that. It could be crazy, but – uh, first time, I, I would know that it's the first playoff win since 93, possibly the first home playoff win since 93, maybe even longer. Uh, definitely first home playoff win in Ford Field, which would be electric. They're back. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's close the show out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Grand Zero's podcast. <laughs> Air horns for uh, the first very chipper positive Lions talk, uh, I feel like, in a little bit. So Yeah, absolutely. It's been nice. Uh, we'll be back eventually. I don't know uh, if we're going to be doing another one next week. We probably no. will. No. no, I'm on vacation. Oh, so. that's right. That's right. We're hitting the, we're hitting the road. Uh, we're on vacation next week. We'll be back eventually, uh, start covering training camps, the preseason, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but be sure to check us out on YouTube. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, TikTok, all that jazz. Uh, we will uh, be posting on there. Um, and yeah, uh, lock of the week. Do we have anything? Is there anything going on? <laughs> I, I got one and it's going to be, I'll, it'll be tough for me to keep track of, but I, I will do my darndest, okay. uh, over unders on, on, uh, beers drank by yours truly on his camping trip to, uh, the UP in Mich- Northern Michigan next week over under, I'm going to set it at, uh, at 40 beers. Wow. Five days. Okay. I like that. Um, you have to pick an over or an under. Oh, I'm sorry. What was it at? 40, five days. Uh, five I guess, I guess six, 40 beers. I guess six days. Oh, way over. That's really easy. Djokovic uh, to win the men's Wimbledon Open uh, this year. Uh, I think he is he's minus one ninety. I think that's a insta lock. I think uh, I don't see anybody beating him. So uh, there you have it. Make good choices, make good decisions, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one. See you at training camp.